In order to truly become part of the global business environment, your business needs to constantly change and adapt to a variety of new constants. Welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders with Kimberly J. Lewis. We will help you navigate these changes on today's program and help you think beyond the boundaries. The opportunities are limitless if you are prepared. Now, here is your host, Kimberly J. Lewis. Hello and welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders, the program that makes people aware of the best leadership practices, leadership trends, and thoughts about leadership. I am Kimberly J. Lewis, your host, and we are reaching out to you today from Amsterdam in the Netherlands, where my guest today has their European headquarters. So a good morning, a good afternoon, or a good evening, wherever you may be listening from. Leadership Beyond Borders is about the impact globalization is having on our organizations and what this impact is doing to the kind of leadership we need to drive long-term success in today's economy. Over the last weeks, we have talked about everything from gender balance and leadership to business values that may impact your organization or your individual career. We have kept you up to date on new leadership trends, the challenges leadership leaders face today and the opportunities that await us. And today we're going to talk about what kind of leadership skills are needed to expand a company from a local U.S. company to a global enterprise. It is our job in this series to be your leadership connection and bring you the leadership trends, social trends, and anything that may affect your career. We will also bring you success stories, challenges, and give you particular takeaways that you can use. We also want to provoke you and make you think. So we invite you to connect with us. Send us your thoughts and insights to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Join our Facebook page, Leadership Beyond Borders, or tweet with me, Kimberly Lewis, at leadershipgbt, or join our LinkedIn group, Leadership Beyond Borders. If you're in a leadership position or aspire to be in one, regardless if your business is local or international, make sure you join us each week and we will make sure that you take away something useful either for your business or yourself. So now on to today's guest. How do local businesses begin? Normally it starts with a good idea, not always a unique one, but a good one. And then it grows into a business and then grows into a full-fledged company. And for most U.S. companies, building and maintaining a local customer base is one of the first steps on the road to success, and it takes a certain kind of leadership to do this. But what happens when the local customer base is not quite enough? In today's global economy, many businesses begin to think globally, and there are a lot of great success stories, success stories such as Ben & Jerry's, a small business that started in a renovated gas station in Burlington, Vermont, and is now a global brand owned by Unilever. But just as there are such great success stories, there are also failures, and we have to learn from those failures. But a lot of those failures have to do with not having the right leadership or not understanding the challenges that come with global expansion. It is natural that companies have a desire to expand and the desire to find a new customer base But the emphasis on globalization has made people think it is quite easy, and very often it's easier said than done. Becoming a global company is an impressive feat, and not every business that sets out to do this accomplishes the goal. To successfully convert your business from domestic to international, you need to consider a lot of factors. From international business protocols to customs cultures of each nation, and even more. 
Globalization takes time and the right leadership. Today, we're going to take a look at a middle-sized company that began as a U.S. company, became a European company, and then expanded globally. We're going to look at what kind of leadership is needed today to have a global customer base, but to remain a middle-sized company. Today, our guest today is Peter Ermson, CEO of Spotzer. Spotzer is a medium-sized media company providing media solutions to partners and companies around the world. They provide services from SEO to websites to content. Peter, the CEO, leads a passionate team of people around the globe who are dedicated to making a positive impact on the lives of small and medium businesses in local markets around the world. Before taking the helm at Spotzer, Peter had vast experience across 15 years in the digital marketing space, bringing together technology platforms with sales and marketing in a fast-growing digital environment. His leadership is now driving Spotzer into new markets with new products and is going to talk about the challenges and the opportunities that, coming, that come with doing business beyond borders. So welcome, Peter, to the show. Hi, Kimberly. Good to be here. Yeah. So, Peter, um, you've been at the helm for some uh, for about a year now, but the company spots are actually started in 2006 in New York, and it expanded to Europe. Um, what was behind it? Was there uh, any reason why they decided in 2006 to expand? Uh, yeah, I mean, um, you know, that, that, that they had it, they, the business had a great idea at the time. Uh, it was very much focused in the video space um, and, um, you know, partnered with a number of uh, partners in the U.S., uh, could see uh, a good opportunity uh, and, and, and markets, uh, you know, that they could also penetrate into. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think back then um, it was a very innovative, forward-thinking business and, and it still remains that today. Um, although the business has gone through several iterations of life uh, over over the past ten years or so, um, but um, yeah, I think uh, you know it, it was it was a great business to start with. You know, I think zero well, one to ten employees in the first few years, um, and then decided that uh, they would move over to uh, Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. And so, did, when they they had a product that they were selling in the United States and then brought it globally, is that has that changed over the years? Is the same product still the same product they had in the beginning? Yeah, no, it's very it's very different now. Um, you know, it was uh, it was probably the product at the time was probably back then was probably uh, not probably was was absolutely um, uh, ahead of its time. Um, and uh, it, in in the video category in the video market uh, did, did incredibly well, uh, but um, you know, it, 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 at, at the end of the day, it didn't play out well favorably. Um, the business was able to to hang on and, and needed to um, uh, change kind of its offering, um, and uh, you know the, the the approach that the business took back then is, is is a similar approach to what we have now, uh, but now it's very much focused on websites for SMBs um, and PPC campaigns and SEO campaigns for SMBs, but now it's all about. Uh, partnering with enterprise-sized businesses of big trusted brands that have a branding market um, and uh, we work with those businesses that have got large databases of SMB customers. Mm-hmm. So so the first product when you came over was actually focused at helping small businesses become digital 
and um, as you expanded to Europe, then you you expanded that and developed a partnership model. Yeah. is what I'm hearing with larger enterprise businesses. Yeah, okay. no, that's exactly right, and, and and that's easier to get traction in in other markets when you're partnering with a large trusted brand that's already got a large database of existing customers. Um, so that was an easier route to take. So you think so partnership is really a key one of the key elements when you start to expansion, especially in your business model. Well well for us that that that's that's the strategy that we we've we took and have continued to take. We just find that that's it's easier to run with an established brand than try to establish a brand within that market, within our category in any case. Mm-hmm. And then after after you set foot into Europe, just to kind of set the time frames here, you then expanded to Australia. So you actually had uh, a foot in three continents. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, and and and, and I think yeah, if I look at uh, you know the uh, the chronology of uh, of events, uh, it all happened fairly quickly, um, and 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 not anything by absolute design, other than the fact that opportunities came up and the business decided we're going to take those opportunities and run run with them um, and again the opportunities came through uh, a partnership model um, you know due diligence was done around does it make sense to do it and in these particular markets it it absolutely made sense to do it mm-hmm. and after that you even expanded more um, can you just tell us what happened then yeah, so uh, I mean, uh, you know, the business kicked off in in, in New York, and you know, then the uh, the founder, you know, decided to move head office to uh, Amsterdam, um, you know, for all of the right reasons, uh, which was, you know, he, his uh, his wife, who was Dutch, uh, you know, uh, based out of Amsterdam, wanted to live in Amsterdam, uh, and it was that that was a key driver of the decision that was made around that point in time. Uh, we then moved the uh, the U.S. business to uh, out, out of New York and into Denver, um, and that was primarily because the biggest partner that we landed was based also in Denver, um, and then uh, landed a big partner in Australia in uh, Melbourne, um, and kicked the business off there. Um, and since then, we've also um, you know over the last year, we've uh, opened an operation up also. Uh, in Southeast Asia, in the Philippines, uh, capital Manila, um, and also uh, a big operation in Bulgaria, uh, in Eastern Europe, uh, in the in the capital there, Sofia. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, servicing those other key markets. Mm-hmm. So we we are now a, a, a true small global operation. So this is really this is all took place within a eleven years span then as i understand it yeah yeah and 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 even you know over the last three years we've had uh uh, uh you know significant growth and and and, and particularly in, in other regions uh but um yeah i mean it's it's it's, it's been a ride and you, we've had to have a lot of focus um to uh you know to, to really um dr- drive into those markets mm-hmm. and uh, when you when you read the statistics about expansion and rapid expansion that it comes with a, a lot of challenges what were some of the challenges that you faced during this yeah well i mean the the the, the, chal- the, the number one i mean i think that being the ceo it's it's the, the the big challenge is always going to be making sure that you're growing the business and you're still getting the commercial returns um, and um, you know we, we we have been you know n- we needed to make sure that we um, absolutely uh, we do that 
Um, so we had to make very sure-footed decisions um, on where we put our focus um, and where we put our energy. Um, so we weren't going to go into a market if we didn't absolutely believe we were going to be successful there. Uh, we did. We 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 have not had, and we will not have. I don't think. Um, you know, the, the appetite to test a market. We would only go into a market if we're absolutely sure this is going to deliver us a commercial success. So that's always been the primary focus that and an area to to look at. The next piece then underpinning that is about having the right leadership in those markets uh, that you can trust. Um, and uh, making sure that you can hire the right teams uh, in those regions. And then thirdly, it's, it's, it's whilst you know, hiring the right people, it's making sure that you can deliver a culture uh, on a global basis so you don't get one culture developing in its, in its own right in Denver and something else happening mm -hmm. in Sofia and, and such. And, and that also is a real challenge. Um, but I think that we are still a small business. You know, we've we've still only got 250 people working in the business direct. We've got about 500 freelancers uh, working with us. But running, um, you know, so so it's still not growing at a massive rate, but it's still a good size business where we can get our hands around it from a cultural development perspective. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure there were probably some markets that you decided not to enter in. Is that correct? Yeah, I mean, we've, 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 we've all, we're always looking at uh, the different opportunities as, as they present themselves to us. And, you know, um, if it doesn't make sense, we, we obviously we just don't go there. And we do a really good evaluation on how easy is it to do business in that market? You know, uh, do we think that the partner that we would want to partner with or group of partners um, are solid, you know, is the economy sound? We've got to look at all of those outside influences and the impacts that that could have. Um, so, you know, we, we've had opportunities come up to us and we, we've, we've turned them down for, you know, different reasons. Um, and we've even had an office in a region that we thought was going to be successful and we closed that down probably as quick as we opened it, <laughs> um, you know, for, for all of the right reasons. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, thank you, Peter. We're going to go to a, a small break, and um, I believe we've kind of established the, the, the timeline on your company and the lines of expansion from a U.S. company in New York to where you are today, which is globally in, what was that, five markets or six markets? Well, we're, we're actually, we, we, we've got locations in uh, six countries, okay. uh, but we're in 16 markets. Okay, so six countries and 16 markets. So when we come back to the break, um, I'd like to talk to you a little bit about the challenges that are around hiring, training, customer service, and so on, um, because it's not just about expansion. It's also about getting those things and doing mm -hmm. those things correctly. So we are talking today to Peter Urmson, the CEO of Spotser. Spotser is a middle-size, uh, small to middle-size U.S. company that has expanded globally. And if you'd like to get in touch with them, you can go to their website at www.spotser.com or you can talk to Peter on his LinkedIn at LinkedIn. LinkedIn Peter Urmson, that is U-R-M-S-O-N. And I'd like to hear from you also. You can contact me, Kimberly Lewis, at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. And we'll continue after the break.
From the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. Having a lawyer in your court is always a good idea. Each week, Wagner and Winnick on the Law helps you sort out the legal issues and questions in a forum with judges, lawyers, and policy experts answering your questions and discussing your personal rights within the legal system. Law School Dean Mitchell Winnick, along with law professor Stephen Wagner, will discuss the sometimes ever-changing laws and policies to keep you in the know. Listen every Thursday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Eastern, on Voice America Business. If you don't know the law, know a lawyer. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders, the Voice America's exciting new series on the Business Network. I am your host, Kimberly J. Lewis, a seasoned executive leadership and diversity expert. And today we are talking with Peter Urmson, CEO and director of Sputzer, a small to middle-sized U.S. company that has expanded globally. We are joining you today from Amsterdam in the Netherlands, and we're talking about bringing a small to medium-sized business global. And in line with our show, our name is Business Beyond Borders. So, Peter, let's let's go back. Um, we've kind of set the timelines on everything. So I'd like to talk to you about some of the leadership challenges that come with global expansion. Let's probably begin with the least interesting aspect, but one that our listeners have to hear about, and that's the, the legal restrictions. Mm. Yeah, I think, um, you know, it's, uh, it, it, it's not the sexy part of the discussion, <laughs> um, but uh, it is incredibly important. Um, and uh, for myself, um, you know, I, I needed to make sure that I get on, you know, get good advice given to me on the best way to set up and structure um, the organisation in, in different geographies and understand the, the local laws um, and uh, the, be- the best way to deal with that. Um, so, you know, in, in going into a market, um, you know, it was critical to make sure that we get it structured in the right place. Each business in each market has its own standalone entity. 
Um, that's the way that uh, we chose to do it and, and the way I continue to, to do that. You know, we've set our own operations up. Um, as I said, you know, it's a standalone business in, 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 in Manila or in Sofia. Um, as, well, as well as all of the other entities. So there's legal reasons that, that safeguard the group, um, which is, is, is beneficial into doing that. Uh, but I also want each operation to stand on its own two feet and have its own legs. Mm. Um, so from a, a philosophical perspective, it made sense to do that. But um, bringing in local um, legal uh, advice um, is, has been critical for us um, and having uh, our own local council, legal council here in Amsterdam uh, has also been really important, which, you know, when we were smaller, that person was only doing one, two days a week. You know, that's grown now to so that, that role is now a full-time role um, here in Amsterdam reporting through to myself. It gives me all the legal advice, but also how we set our contracts up in our different entities in, in the different regions. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, I think that that sounds like that makes sense because then each entity, entity you're minimalizing the liability yeah. when you're setting up a, an, an, uh, an entity by itself. Yeah, yeah. And then also it it's probably makes a lot more sense than trying to set up a foreign entity in a foreign country because that's a little has a little bit more red tape. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And it just makes it easier and cleaner as well for employment contracts and mm -hmm. contracts with your local partners, contracts if we need local vendors to operate with. Um, so it, it all just plays well, uh, you know, to, to, to operate in that way. Mm -hmm. So let, let's talk about the employee contracts. So you've gone from 10 employees in 2006 to 250 employees worldwide and 500 contractors. So how, how do you control the hiring process? Yeah, with a lot of difficulty, you know, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, 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 it's not easy. You know, uh, we, we, we now, you know, over the last course of the last year, we've gone through rapid growth um, and we're hiring around 20 employees a month. Uh, not that I measure success by the amount of people you've got in the business. You know, I measure success by, you know, the commercials um, and the return and, and, you know, NPS scores and how happy our partners are. Um, but, um, you know, nevertheless, you know, to deliver on the growth, we have to hire people. Um, so I think number one is making sure that the leadership team, my direct report team, is totally aligned to our values uh, and our mission. Um, and, and, and from that, we'll develop a really solid culture. So I put a lot of focus on values, culture, uh, making sure everybody's aligned to that or, or getting them aligned to that so that when they're interviewing people and they're hiring people locally, people know what type of businesses that they're walking into. And ultimately, you know, where I want to get to is that, you know, anybody that walk, if somebody walks into the office here at head office in Amsterdam, you know, they get a certain feel for the business. But if they walk into the business in Denver or Melbourne or Sofia, you know, it, it, it has the same sort of feel and culturally, you know, the, the, the way that they deal with people, um, you know, is kind of aligned. But, but getting, uh, you know, we, we've, we've, we've done a good job in, in hiring. Our staff turnover is very low. Um, you know, if, if it doesn't work out with people that we've hired, we do exit them out of the business and you don't always get it right. Uh, but I'm amazed at um, how well we have been able to pull that off. Mm -hmm. And now you said you you put a lot of trust into your your direct reports and your leadership team, which is quite important. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we had a, a John uh, Blakey on the show who talked about the trust um, as being the cornerstone for business going forward in in 
in this um, economy. And how do you how do you then pick those people, those those key leadership people? And do you have one in each office? Yeah, um, yeah, good good question. And um, for me, um, you know, when I've hired my my leadership team, um, you know, and, and key people within those within the business. Um, you know, it, it's, you know, number one for me is can I trust them? Um, and um, I've, I've brought people into the business that I've worked with in previous uh, uh, lives uh, or people that I've heard about or know of um, and have felt that I, I could trust them first and foremost. And I probably put the element around can I trust them probably more on uh, over even capability uh, because I think that capability can be uh, taught to a certain degree in, the, in, 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 in pushing people um, and helping to develop and nurture them. Um, but, um, you know, I don't want to invest my time in trying to develop and nurture someone if mm -hmm. I can't trust them. So that, that, that's been ab absolutely critical. Um, and, and then, you know, looking for them to hire people that they can also trust in their leadership mm -hmm. teams locally. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So trust is is very very important, and capability is. You think well, capability can be taught? Yeah, I think so. You know, and 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 if somebody's got great experience, you know, that that obviously bodes really well. Um, but 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 also with the kind of direction that we're traveling in, you know, experience is useful, but it's not absolutely paramount. Mm -hmm. um, having a trustworthy person that can deliver on, you know, um, getting aligned to the type of culture that you want to develop in the business, you know, that, that is paramount. Um, you know, having, having a great culture in, 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 we have a great opportunity here because we can develop our own business. We're masters of our own destiny. You know, so it, let, let's have some fun with that and let's develop a great culture that's also going to mean something for our partners and their customers. Um, and, it, and, and the number one value in our business is we value every customer. Mm -hmm. And we don't just say that, um, you know, I don't say that and my leadership team doesn't just say that um, and, and put posters on the walls just to say it. We absolutely passionately mm -hmm. believe that that's what we have to do. And, you know, if, if I think that my direct report team is not delivering on that value and pushing that vision, then that's a problem. That's more of a problem than having somebody with great experience that can get a great result. Mm -hmm. The whole thing has to come together. So what I'm hearing is these people, they, you don't necessarily look for specialists. You look for people who can multitask and they, long as they can carry, you know, their, your passion is that they can carry your vision they can carry... The, the company's vision, which is which is a little bit what the workforce is coming today, is that we're looking um, kind of there's a lot in the universities today. People are studying more liberal arts rather than specialists um, because the entire workforce is about multitasking. Yeah, no, and and you know, I mean, in a, in a small business, so you know, up, up until let's say you know 18 months ago, I think within Spotsy we had about 60 to 80 employees. You know, when you you you're at a smaller stage in your life cycle, um, you know, you, you have to multitask. Mm -hmm. You know, we had a, a finance director that was also doing a little bit of HR. You know, I know that's an extreme and not common, um, and it was probably only for a short period of time. But that's the kind of things that you have to do when you're, you're kicking off your business. Um, you, you, you cannot be uh, – it, it, it's not so structured around that you do this piece when you actually need to do a whole lot more than that. And so the people that you hire into your business, you know, they need to come knowing that um, and, and not only knowing it but 
they want to be in a business that's like that and that's why they're coming to you. They don't want to be in something that's really so, you know, constrained or, you know, you put in a particular box. You're actually giving people the opportunity to do a number of things. Now, the challenge, of course, comes that when you start to grow your business, you need those people to stop doing that mm -hmm. because they need to start to focus on key parts of what, what their role is in the process because if you have people trying to do too many things, mm. it becomes chaos. Mm -hmm. So a big learning for me has been, you know, moving people quickly from multitasking across a number of different functions, but then pulling them back into what their core focus should be and letting other people pick up the other pieces mm -hmm. to stop that chaos happening and to put process in place. Mm -hmm. And as you do that, you, you keep your emphasis on your values. And um, that's an interesting question for me because there's been a lot of studies that say that 58% of employees don't even know their company's mission and vision. And, and that, that statistic probably is more towards large enterprise companies. And we mm. both know that. We've both been in those large companies. If you walk down the hall and you ask somebody, what's the mission and vision? They'll say, the what? <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. You know? So, But as you grow, how, how are you going to – ensure that that mission and vision is going to be cascaded down? Well, you know, um, I'm, I'm very passionate about it, you know, I, and, it, and it's, it, it, there's a commercial end to it. You know, I mean, the number, we have four values within our business. The number one value is we value every customer. I would be amazed if anybody in, my, in our business does not know that because I talk about it so many times. It's in every email communication. Um, I cascade it down into my management team. And, and my hope is that they cascade it down into their teams. Now, I'll, I'll know the full effect of that, if, if it's real or not. In about six months, I'm going to launch a 360-degree um, across across the business just to sanity check to see, do people at the cold face of the business, do they, do they know that and do they understand it? And do they see a better way for us to improve on that? Um, so, you know, it, it, it's about walking the talk um, and being – but, but talking to people so that they understand the reasons for that. Now, the reason to value every customer, great customers, happy customers, reduce churn. Mm -hmm. We're a subscription business. We need to reduce our churn, uh, as any subscription business does. Um, you know, so it, it, it's about making sure that people understand the reasons why we talk about it as well and the impact for that. And people want to be part of something that is aligned to a customer rather than just the financial benefit for the, the CEO and the directors, mm -hmm. you know. And so it, it actually does kind of play well for us. Um, and I think that culturally the type of people we want to hire in our business, I'm hoping that our values connect with them as well. Um, I think that they do, um, you know, and it helps in that hiring process, particularly in a competitive hiring and recruiting world, uh, which we're in, in, in that we are competing against people who pay much bigger salaries than what we pay, uh, but we still seem to be able to attract really good, talented people. And I think it's because they're drawn into and they understand and can see that we are actually living our values. Mm -hmm. And when as that cascades down, do you, because of so many global offices now, do you see any um, cultural interpretation or is there clarity and the same understanding as those those values come down? Look, look there, there has been some subtle nuances of change or, or, or misunderstanding, but very, very subtle, you know, but generally 
Um, you know, I, they're so simple and straightforward, that, mm. and we, we, we designed it that way so that people would remember it. Uh, but um, I, I, I think that uh, it, it seems to be on the surface of it fairly consistent, but we do have a very focused communication strategy to ensure that the simplicity of it is, is understood. We don't overcomplicate things. Mm-hmm. People don't have time for that. I know we don't. I, I don't or the management team. Yeah, and simplicity is, is really the key when it yeah. comes to it, especially when you're dealing with different languages. The more complicated you are, then the more it tends itself to have misunderstandings. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and you, know, uh, you know, the values and, and, the, yeah. and the culture, that, that whole piece plays into, you know, KPIs and KPI reporting. Um, and again, it, it, it needs to be simple. Um, you know, we, we're a very fast-growing business. We, we don't have time for red tape. Um, if people don't understand it straight away, we need to evaluate that and, and make sure that people can evaluate that mm-hmm. well. Okay, well, thank you, Peter. We're talking to Peter Urmson, the CEO of Spotzer, a middle-sized U.S. company who has successfully expanded first to Europe and now worldwide. And we're talking about the challenges that companies face when they're expanding worldwide. And when we come back, Peter, I'd like to talk a little bit about what you think the biggest challenges that you faced were. And if our listeners want to get in touch with you, they can get in touch with you at the website www.spotzer, that is S-P-O-T-Z-E-R dot com, or on your LinkedIn at Peter Urmson, that is U-R-M-S-O-N. And I'd also like to hear from you. Please send us your comments, send us your ideas, and let me know what you think about the show. You can reach me, Kimberly J. Lewis, at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. If you're looking for an in-depth, thought-provoking discussion about leadership, tune in to Bernard E. Robinson's The Leadership Forum, making an impact through effective leadership. Each program provides an intelligent, conversational experience about leadership from Bernard, his guests, and you. If you're interested in improving the quality of leadership in your organization, listen live every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time for the Leadership Forum on the Voice America Business Channel. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CTN CIO Talk Network, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experience with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive, better care for customers, and improve the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjog All at CIO Talk Network. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. 
whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders, the Voice of America's exciting new series on the Business Network. I am your host, Kimberly J. Lewis, a seasoned executive leadership and diversity expert. And today we're talking with Peter Urmson, CEO and director of Sputzer, an international media company located in Denver in the United States and in Amsterdam in Europe and has six other, uh, four other global locations, correct, Peter? Right, right. Yep. okay. So we're talking about how to bring a small or medium-sized business globally and the opportunities and the challenges that come with that. So, Peter, we were, ta- we're talking about leadership and we're talking about your global leadership team. And my next question would be, um, how do you manage them? I mean, they have to be managed virtually, um, what are the advantages and disadvantages do you see of managing them virtually? Yeah, um, and, and and you know, I mean, for, for me, I haven't seen that. I mean, I haven't seen many advantages of managing them virtually. <laughs> virtually, to be honest, uh, but that may be just me. Uh, but uh, you know, the, the 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 way that I like to work with my uh, diary teams in, in 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 different parts of the world is um, sometimes it's just easy just to pick up the phone and have a chat. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I don't make it complicated uh, for the guys, and uh, you know, it's um, they're, they're a great team of people that I've got. Um, we've we've tried a number of different things. We've tried to do group calls which we would do once a week or once a month and time zones don't work for some and they do for others and um, and we still do that to a certain degree uh, but you know if, if we have a call in Amsterdam in the morning and we get the guys from Australia it's the end of their day they can dial in uh, but it's at 1am 1 1 for the, the team in mm. Denver so it's not fair to them. Um, so I really, um, you know, try to ensure that uh, we, we, we can do some things, uh, but, but I don't. It's about being fair and reasonable as well with the time zone. You know, but my day will typically start around about 5.30, 6.30 a.m., depending on the day. Um, I will be doing calls with the team in Australia. Uh, then, you know, you've got throughout the course of the day here in Europe, and then at the end of the day, uh, and and Europe, and which includes obviously Amsterdam and Sofia, um, and and you know in in the morning I can also look after Manila or, or deal with the Manila team, and then in the evening moving to uh, working with the team out of the US. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not as bad now as what it used to be, or, or challenging rather, uh, because the, the the leaders that I've put into those regions um, are, are hitting their straps; they have their feet under the table. Um, and I need to give them space. I need to give them air uh, to do their own thing. Um, so po- uh, that, that, that's not every day now. Um, in fact, it's probably down to just a couple of days a week. Um, so, you know, that, that works really well for me and it works really well for the team. Mm-hmm. But just picking up the phone and having a good chat 
with with people, you know, is, is a really good thing, particularly when you're running a region and you can feel a little bit detached from the business. I need to make sure that they don't feel that. Um, I also encourage all of my direct reports to also have conversations with with my leadership team in the other parts of the world and with their local leadership teams. Mm-hmm. So it's not just about you know it's not just me. It's it's my direct report teams also all communicating mm-hmm. effectively together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's uh, that's really interesting, and and also you have on top of that not just the the virtual. Um, uh, communication, but also probably some cultural communicational differences in the teams. And and a question on diversity: How is how is the age? Do you have an age diversity among your teams? Or uh, yeah, I guess we do. You know, I mean, the the majority of the team, you know, globally, I'd say is kind of between twenty five to thirty five year olds. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but we have people younger than that, and we absolutely have people older than that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and you know, I, I think that from a diversity diversity perspective, um, you know, people will get the role based on their merits mm-hmm. um, and, um, you know, what kind of salary it is that they're trying to achieve as well. Of course, yeah. Um, you know, also completely plays into it. But, mm-hmm. you know, we, we have uh, 20, 23 nationalities working across the group. Um, you know, we are absolutely uh, gender balanced and I think we have 51% guys and 49% females. Uh, we have uh, people of all shapes, sizes and colours <laughs> and we have embraced yeah. that as part of our culture. Mm-hmm. So now you're, you are rapidly growing this year. Um, yep. You're rapidly growing at about 150% growth. So as a leader, what... What are you seeing are the biggest challenges in this in when you rapidly grow? Yeah, well, it's keeping control of the cost, mm-hmm. you know, uh, making sure that you are growing in line with the growth expectations, but also you're not spending everything. You know, so that can be a challenge, just the reporting uh, around the expenses and making sure that you get no surprises. You know, so doing forward planning, uh, by week, by month, by quarter. Uh, you know, I'm very diligent in uh, what our projections and our forecasts are, um, and we'll only make those hires based on those forecasts. Um, and I always build into the forecasts as well around a probability of a forecast coming through or not. But number one is about, is around managing the commercials. Mm-hmm. So it's managing the costs uh, and making sure that the revenue drops. Um, and, and then aligning your hiring to that. So that, that would be the number one challenge. The second challenge is, is just bringing in the right people. You know, as I talked to before, I really need to make sure I can trust my leadership team and, and learning to let go. For me, it's about letting go and letting them step up, which I'm sure that they would say mm. I don't do enough of that <laughs> and, and that's okay. Uh, but 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 that's kind of that's that that's getting there. And then thirdly, it's making sure you've got the culture aligned globally. Mm-hmm. And what about customers? Um, in rapidly expanding businesses, sometimes customers feel like they're a little bit left behind. Do you pay particular attention to to customer care and quality in this? Yeah, well, we've got two levels of customer. We've as as, as I mentioned earlier, we 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 don't sell direct, so we don't deal direct. Um, in, in trying to get a customer to buy our product. We, we, our model is we partner with, with large enter, enterprise-sized brands that are trusted in their markets. Um, and, and so that is, our, is, is a customer. 
um, and maintaining that partner relationship is critical for us. Um, I don't want to expand in markets and drop the ball in other markets mm -hmm. and drop the ball with uh, our existing partners. You know, that, that's not how we operate. We want to give a great level of service all the time to every partner. And, and we, we're always learning. Uh, we don't do that as well as what I want us to do, but we, we're getting there and we're always pushing ourselves. And I think we've come leaps and bounds in that regard. Um, and, and for our end customer, the customer that we talk to on behalf of our partners, because we're a white label solution, um, it should never come into anything with, with, with those customers. Um, you know, if, if we rapidly expand and we can't deliver on our service, then that's when they would feel that pain. Mm -hmm. um, and my job is to make sure that they don't. My job is to make sure that those customers uh, get a great product from us and, and continued great service as, as with our, uh, as our partners that we uh, get to white label. Mm -hmm. Well, and, uh, when you're talking about the products that you're delivering to these customers, another challenge that small businesses have is sometimes they're trying to expand in two different directions at the same time. Maybe expand geographically as well as expand in the product portfolio that they're presenting. So uh, do you have any comments on that? Or do you think that can be done at the same time? Or you really should put one before the other? Or it depends on, on the opportunity that's there? Yeah, look, I mean, for us, we, we just have to be incredibly flexible with all of our partners. Every partner has their own unique strategy. Uh, we share with a partner our experience. Um, you know, they may take that on board or they may not, it, it, you know, that the consultancy that we give our, our partners um, comes part of, of, of the overall service. But our, our advice is always to a partner when we're launching a product set is, you know, go with a test, then go with a pilot before you roll out big time business as usual. Mm -hmm. So it's about taking small steps and we just find that that works better for us and also works incredibly well for our partners and ultimately their customers. Mm -hmm. And do you think that's difficult, that balance of expanding both geographically and you know vertically and horizontally at the same time? Yeah, definitely. You know, I mean, we've done that ourselves um, and, um, you know, be because we probably have been driven to do that um, you know, but we, we, we have gone there and it, and it is a challenge. You know, I, I, I like to try to keep everything focused, uh, simple, uh, clean. Uh, people know the, the, the direction that you're moving in that way. Um, and then once that's done, then you move on to the next thing. Now, yes, you can do that in multiple ways. But if you do it in multiple ways, then you need a lot more in, in terms of resources to mm -hmm. do that. So you just got to weigh up the commercial opportunity around that. Mm -hmm. We have, a, we have a lot of business owners out there and leaders listening today who are probably contemplating expansion, expansion outside of their markets, geographically, expansion globally, as we've talked about, and the opportunities are there today, as well as expansion with products. But when we talk about the global market, if you had three tips to give those leaders and business owners that are thinking about expanding globally today, what would be those three tips? Yeah, um, I would say number one is, you know, I could probably distill it down to you need to be honest with yourself. You know, can, 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 do you have the, uh, uh, the, the aptitude to be able to deliver on that? 
Do you have uh, the vision where you can push that through? Um, it's, a, it's a lot of work going into other markets. Uh, you need to understand the market. Is it really going to be that beneficial to you? Um, is it easy to do? If it's not easy to do and it might be hard to do but the returns are high or low, you've got to balance all of that out. So number one would be you need to be honest with yourself. Um, you know, making sure that the second piece would be uh, make sure that you have got, um, you know, the, the, the cash to deliver on that, mm -hmm. that you've got the funds to be able to launch in that geography. Um, you know, it's always dearer than what you think. Um, and there's nothing worse than setting up a team in a region and then saying you have no money to follow anything through uh, the, the, and, and, and deliver on the things that you want to do or that they believed they were going to be part of because then you're just setting, setting people up for disappointment. Um, and, and, you know, so making sure that you've got uh, pockets deep enough to be able to deliver on that. You know, and then thirdly, it makes sure that you've got the time. You, you need to commit some of your personal time in, into doing this uh, because the, the, the worst thing that you could also do is set somebody up through it for failure but not talking through them through the detail. It's not a matter of um, you know, setting up something that's uh, uh, as a hobby or just as fanciful or you know, it, 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 there's, there's a, a huge amount of time that goes into setting up a new leader and a new leadership team in a new geography um, and, and ensuring that they're aligned to your processes and your DNA and your culture. And they're not going to do that through just the odd email or the odd PowerPoint presentation or one visit once a year or once every two years. It's constant communication to get them aligned, mm -hmm. you know. But the rewards from that, the personal rewards from that, are huge. Mm -hmm. You know, it's great setting a business up in another country, as long as you are going to get the commercial returns for it. So let me ask you this: Are you having fun? I'm having a lot of fun. Good. I'm having an absolute huge amount of fun, and uh, for us, you know, I keep saying to the team, we're just getting going, mm -hmm. um, and I'm very passionate about it. As is the team, and they all see it. And they, they also know that we're only just getting going. Yeah. Well, it'd be great to come back and talk to you again in a year and see where you are in a year. Yeah. So with those last tips, I'd really like to thank you, Peter. It's been really great, and I hope this has been of value, and I know it has been of value for me and for our listeners, small businesses and medium businesses out there who are actually thinking about going global. We've been talking to Peter Urmson, the CEO of Spotser, here in Amsterdam, wonderful day in Amsterdam and if you'd like to contact Peter you can do it on www.spotser.com or on his LinkedIn Peter Urmson that is U-R-M-S-O-N and I'd like to hear from you also uh, Kimberly Lewis at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com or visit me on LinkedIn at leadershipbeyondborders or on Facebook or on Twitter so globalization has made, really, Peter, everything possible. And if you have a business that is successful, then your prior success really can mean success in a new market beyond your borders. But this has to be done with a lot of consideration, as you heard Peter say. Preparation, the right leadership, all have to be there. So if you're a U.S. company wanting to go to Europe or an Asian company wanting to enter the U.S. or wherever, I have my own tips for you based on my own experience also. I think also legal requirements, as Peter said, are necessary. 
cultural differences are just not about work habits, but also about customer behavior. So you have to become aware of those. Distance can make leadership and control difficult. Leadership for expansion is different than leadership in a stable phase, as we heard from Peter today. Communication is absolutely a key, and a demand analysis is necessary, as we heard from Peter. The other thing I've witnessed is that companies that expand rapidly sometimes experience is difficult in their systemic organizational structure, and we heard that from Peter, finding the right leadership team. And leadership teams are apps when the in, in series of expansion can be get confused. Okay, there can be a lot of things going on in the entire systemic atmosphere of your company. So I would also recommend systemic team coaching and Leadership Beyond Borders will be holding a course in Boston from the 13th to 15th of September and you can find more information on systemic team coaching um, by going to www.aoecboston.com or leadershipbeyondborders.net under certification programs. Leadership Beyond Borders is a program sponsored by Global Business Therapy, SRO, and the Women's Leadership Academy 2020, and Ponytail Talk Executive Coaching for Women. We provide leadership training, systemic team coaching certification, motivational speaking, and much more. If you'd like to contact me, Kimberly J. Lewis, please send me a mail at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com or visit my website at leadershipbeyondborders.net. So until next week... My leadership word for today is expansion. Thank you and see you next week. Thank you for joining us on Leadership Beyond Borders. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time for another edition featuring your host, Kimberly J. Lewis, on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.